Welcome to Podcasting for Coaches. I'm Brittany Felix, and I'm a podcast launch consultant who specializes in helping coaches and consultants utilize the power of podcasting as a way to build brand awareness and generate new leads for their business. I realize not every new coach or consultant can afford to hire someone to help launch their show, so I created this podcast as a way to guide you through the process of launching and utilizing your very own podcast to help you grow your business and reach a new audience of adoring followers and potential clients. If you're ready to get your voice and podcast out into the world, head over to podcastingforcoaches.com to learn more. Welcome to episode number 60 of Podcasting for Coaches. This week, I am bringing you an interview with Stephanie Pollock from the Rise Without Compromise podcast. And if you would like to check out the resources that are mentioned in this episode, you can do so by going to podcastingforcoaches.com, click on the podcast tab in the main menu, and then go to episode number 60. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right on in with Stephanie. Stephanie Pollock is a business activator and leadership coach who is fiercely devoted to helping women leaders and entrepreneurs develop the leadership conference and capacity to rise without compromise, stepping into spotlights and revenue streams they so richly deserve. She's the host of the Entrepreneur Magazine recognized podcast, Rise Without Compromise, Leadership Insights for Women in Business, publisher of the Going Pro Magazine, a top 40 under 40 changemaker, and creator of the Leadership League Mastermind a leadership accelerator for women ready to claim a bigger, bolder vision for their life and work. She's also the proud mom of two, a passionate reader, foodie, and feminist, and can always be found with an Americano in hand. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Brittany. It's great to be here. Yeah, I am super excited to chat. I'm so glad we've connected. Do you mind giving us a little bit of background on your podcast? You know, What made you decide to start it and kind of a 50,000-foot overview of what that journey has been like for you? Sure. It's been an interesting one for sure. (laughs) I started my podcast way back in 2015. Mm. So it's been four years now. It's been a while and it's definitely had its ebbs and flows. And I started it at the time, partly because I was and remain an avid podcast consumer. I love the medium. I always have my earbuds in, much to my kids' chagrin. Like they're always (laughs) in, I'm listening to something. And it was just a medium that really connected with me. And I felt like I was getting to know the host in a really powerful way. And I wanted to contribute to that conversation. I wanted to be part of that. It felt like a next level way to express my business ideas beyond the blog, which I had been doing for many, many years in my business. I'm going on 11 years this year in business. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So it was just a new way to bring my ideas to the mix in something that was growing. And I just thought I'm going to give this a try and see how I like it. And here I am four years later. That's amazing. So there are a couple of things I want to touch on there. One, for a podcast who have been around for four years, you've been doing this now. I feel like you're in like the geriatric stages of your (laughs) podcast because I mean, most of them die out. So kudos for that. That's incredible. And for two, in business for 11 years. So I think that you can provide some unique perspectives here with how technology changes and how people consume your content. Because I think a fear for a lot of coaches and consultants is that they'll invest time and money into starting a podcast and then the next thing will come along. And, you know, they feel like they're constantly just chasing the technology. And as you know, having been in podcasting for the past four years, the technology even for podcasting does change. So what has that been like for you just watching not only the podcasting space grow and evolve since you've been in it, but just technology and marketing and connecting with your audience for business in general over the past 11 years? 
You know, it's a great question about what's changed and what remains the same. And truthfully, I believe that there are some timeless practices that any business owner needs to draw on, you know, when it comes to marketing. So there are just some things we need to do, which include bringing awareness and visibility to what our business offers and the value we can provide, nurture relationships with people who come into our orbit and are curious about what we're doing, and then, you know, getting down that pipeline where eventually we may move them into becoming a paid client or customer. Those things are timeless. And the channels we use, like podcasting or blogging or Instagram or vlogging or some that are now you know completely defunct, like Periscope, mm-hmm. these change and evolve. And we have to make measured decisions around which ones are going to benefit our business and not just chase the bright, shiny object. Right. So when podcasting came along, I mean, podcasting has been in existence for a long time, but right. previously the technology was quite difficult. And when I started it, it was really about, I've been doing this blogging thing for a while. I'm watching the landscape change a little bit. People aren't consuming long form written content in the way that they used to be as social media got more and more present. And yet podcasting was on the rise. And I really felt like this wasn't a one trick pony. It wasn't something to be gone as quickly as it came. And because I was also looking to grow my speaking, that's a key element of my business, I knew that the podcast would directly benefit the goals I had for my business and would allow me to showcase myself in a way that I really like to show up in. If you don't like being on audio, if you don't like recording or hearing your voice or any of those, then podcasting is not right for you in the same way that I don't do a lot of video, right? So I think we always have to be measuring it against where are people showing up? What are they consuming? How do they like to consume information? How can we show up best that aligns with our values and who we are and what we can best offer? And then what has some staying power and what, what are we willing to experiment with? That's been kind of my approach as I test the different channels. And to some, I just don't even bother with them, to be honest. Right, right. So in your opinion, because you seem to have had pretty good foresight, you know, several years ago with podcasting not being a one-trick pony, it is even still on the rise. It's growing exponentially year after year after year, and that's not indicated to slow down. What do you think is going to be the future of podcasting? Do you personally feel that the market's getting oversaturated with podcasts and with coaches who are putting more content out there in this, you know, auditory form? Or do you think that there's still room for it to grow and still room for coaches and consultants to utilize it? I absolutely think there's still room. And I don't think it's too saturated. Is it busier than it was when I started? Yes. But even at the time that I started, I thought, oh, you know, I've missed the boat on this a little bit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of funny now looking back. (laughs) But no, I absolutely think there's room. But what is required is a level of creativity and thought around how you can bring a podcast into the world that's a little bit different and or allows you to showcase your skills, your talents, your strengths the best. If you kind of jump into the ring doing the same kind of show as everybody else does, then you probably will get lost in the noise. If you find your unique way of bringing your best contributions to the mix, then I think there's space. And I also think we have to be careful because, you know, I'm an avid podcast listener. I have a playlist literally of hundreds of shows. (laughs) And so I don't listen to them all, but I listen to many of them. And the truth is, I can see that and immediately assume it's too busy for somebody like me, you know, if I was new to the game. But the truth is, we have really just tipped the iceberg in terms of people who actually are starting to listen to podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way that blogging, you know, in, in the world of blogging, it seemed like it was really busy, but so many people still had yet to discover blogs or really consume them. I think we're still in that place with podcasting. I will also say that everything in my experience 
that's got staying power makes cyclical movements. So I'm seeing people come back to old school blogging again, right? So Mm -hmm. none of these things are dead. We just have to find different and unique ways to bring our voice to the mix and reinvent them a little bit. And then there's a place for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And I love the aspect of being creative with it and not just kind of copying somebody else's show, even unintentionally. You know, I mean, a lot of people tend to do the same formats. Even this show, the format is fairly basic, but the audience I'm speaking to is different. And I can say that because just today alone, I had, you know, a fellow podcast editor and consultant launch her show, and it's about podcasting and starting a podcast. And also another fellow editor (laughs) put out there that she is, you know, in the beginning stages of starting her podcast about podcasting. A week or two ago, another editor said she's starting one about podcasting. There are so many podcasts about podcasting now, but as far as I'm aware, I am the only one that specifically talks to coaches and consultants. So I think if you just find that unique take, that unique spin, I mean, if you are in business, if you're a coach or consultant, I you know would hope that you know by now, niches can be very beneficial for your business and that can also apply to a podcast as well. I have to pick up on that, Brittany, because that is such an important point and it plays into what we're talking about. You know what? When I started, I was speaking to women in business, women entrepreneurs, largely mm-hmm. around leadership. That's still pretty broad. But what made my show unique at the time was that most of those shows that spoke to female entrepreneurs were interview shows, like long form, hour long right. interview shows. I didn't want to do that. I wanted something short, you know, 20 minutes, kind of like your show where I could provide that value in and out, a solo-based show, not interviews. And that was what distinguished my show. Mm -hmm. But now, if you know, four years later, if I was getting into the game and just trying to broadly speak to women entrepreneurs without any real focus, that's where you get lost in the noise. If you can niche down, as we Canadians say, (laughs) if you can niche (laughs) down and focus on something or the way that you do your show is distinct and different, then I think there's there's lots of room to play. It's when you try and broad sweep it that people tend to struggle. And then the other piece I just have to jump in on is, you know, pod fading, as you were alluding to in the beginning, is a real thing. Most shows don't make it past, I think it's like seven to 10 shows. So even just the act of being consistent and showing up, which is something I have struggled with, but I, I'm still here four years later. But, you know, <laughs> that alone can differentiate you because so many people get into podcasting and then go, oh, this is a little harder than I thought. They pod right. fade and And so there's a whole bunch of shows at the five to 10 mark that never get past that. Right. And that's the thing. So right now there's over 600,000 podcasts that exist out there and well over half of them have pod faded. They're essentially dead shows. (laughs) Exactly. So it seems like there's a lot of content for one. When you hear the 600,000 podcasts, how is mine going to stand out? Well, you're putting out content regularly. So that's a big leg up on over half of them. And then beyond that, think of how many billions of people like there are that can consume oh. this content. So like surely to goodness out of all of those people, even out of the tens of millions of people just in the US alone, like in your major markets where you're going to be advertising or, you know, your clients are living, surely you can get 10 new people, you know what I mean? Like from your podcast, like there are people out there, there is an audience. So I don't want people to feel intimidated by the fact that there are so many podcasts because you're right. There is room to play still. And In terms of getting into it and feeling like it's a little bit overwhelming, I could not agree more. Consistency is so incredibly important. But I know that that's daunting to a lot of people. Thinking about, well, I can't start this because I can't put out an episode every single week, every time. 
you know, my summers are crazy. What about then? I can't keep up with that. You know, there's all kinds of different situations that give people hangups about starting because they think they can't follow through. So in your experience with your own show, you've been going for four years now. Have you taken any breaks? Have you, (laughs) you know, done seasons? What has that looked like for you? And how has that impacted your podcast? Yeah. (laughs) This is one of those things that it's kind of like the benefit of hindsight, right? If I could do this all over again, consistency would be an area where I would put more priority. And it wasn't that I ever intended not to be consistent. It's just that, you know, stuff happens, life happens. Mm -hmm. And there have been, you know, gaps in my show. Absolutely. And that certainly has had an impact. There was one period of time a couple of years ago where I had a bigger, bigger gap than I anticipated having. And I saw it in my numbers. I saw it in my numbers. That's just what happens. Although I also heard from a lot of people said, yay, you're back. Right. So it was Mm -hmm. a bit of both at the same time. Consistency has been a struggle for me, partly because it's a solo show. So that requires a level of, okay, I've got to come up with really strong content. I don't script my show, but I have to script it in the beginning to really be clear on what I'm focusing on. So Mm -hmm. it's not something that I can just pop on and kind of show up in the moment. I have to do a lot of pre-work to get mine ready. And so, yeah, there's been gaps and I wish there wasn't, but I'm also a realist about it. And I also come back to what are my goals with the show? My goals with my podcast is not to become, you know, the biggest podcast out there is not to get thousands of dollars in sponsorships. I mean, like, Hey, that'd be great, but that's not the focus. The focus of my show and why I keep doing it four years later is because of the intimate know, like, and trust that I build with the people that listen. And because I am a coach and because my business is primarily based on a one-to-one coaching model or my mastermind, it means I don't need thousands of people listening or buying from me to make my business work. And so, you know, even if I only have smaller numbers compared to the big shows out there, that still works for me. And I'm okay with that. And I've just been really clear with that right from the get-go. Yeah, I could not agree more. I actually released an episode of the podcast. I can't remember which one it is. I remember that. Um, Where, yeah, yeah, like why my downloads aren't great and, you know, or why I don't care or something like that. And it's the exact same point. I work one-on-one with people. I don't even have a mastermind where I'm putting people into. So like, it's just strictly one-on-one for my, you know, higher level packages. And in that case, like, I don't care that this podcast only gets, you know, 700 downloads a month. I hit, you know, 900 in March. Yay, woohoo. Like, <laughs> that's amazing to me. And that's more than enough if it continues to bring in business. You know what I mean? So I completely agree. I don't need a show that gets 50,000 downloads, you know, every day or 100,000 downloads, you know, a month. Like, that's just not what I need. I'm not appealing to the masses. I'm appealing to yes. one person, you know, the ideal person I want to work with. Yes, absolutely. I mean, my business, my podcast, I should say, the core function of it, yes, I want to bring new people into the mix and new listeners, of course, but the main function it serves in my marketing is a nurturing piece. It's a way to connect with my audience, to connect with people who are curious about working with me. And that's been its function. And that's been the result of it where people, you know, contact me for a discovery session and book me to coach. And they say things like, I already have been listening to your podcast, basically like take my money. And I'm not saying they say those exact (laughs) words, they don't, but it's kind of like the path between them listening and them becoming a client. If they're looking for a coach is really quick because I build that know, like, and trust so much faster. So it's a nurturing tool for me more than any other. 
And that really works well for me. And that doesn't require a million downloads a month. Like it just doesn't or anywhere near that, (laughs) you should say. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree with the no like and trust. That's what it serves. This podcast serves for me. I don't necessarily get like direct clients who have never heard from me. They randomly stumble upon the podcast and they schedule a call and like all of a sudden I have a new client. How it usually works is that when someone refers somebody to me or when someone's interacting with me on another platform in a Facebook group, you know, where I'm constantly talking about podcasting, then they find the podcast like after they've already Mm. kind of had that introduction and that podcast really lets them get to know me. So when they are ready, even if they're not at the time, I'm there. It's like I'm just ready and waiting for them. They know that. And same, when I've hopped on calls who have been, you know, like from referrals or something, they're like, yeah, I've heard your podcast. Like, you've already helped me with this. This episode Mm -hmm. was so great. Like, I didn't even know about that. And so, like, I've already started, you know, coaching them in one way. And so now they're like, yeah, let's move forward. Like, I need to be able to interact with you directly. So there are different ways, I think, that it can serve your business. And it's not just that it's going to be like a lead generation tool. For you, it's nurturing. For you, it's essentially doing the selling mm-hmm. of you and your services to your your audience members already. Exactly. And, and how that plays out, just to make it really explicit, is if I had used the podcast primarily as an awareness building tool. And again, it does that as well, but that's not Mm -hmm. its primary purpose. But if I had identified it as I primarily want to use my podcast to bring new leads, new people on my business, then I probably wouldn't have chosen a solo show. Because to be honest, that does impact my numbers in a way because I don't have all these other people with all these other audiences that are sharing my show because they've been featured on it. My entire show is built on the back of me. I think I've had less than five interviews. But what that does then is that rather than highlighting other people, which of Mm -hmm. course I'm not against that, but rather than highlighting other people, what my show does is allow me to highlight my own skills, my own strengths, my own perspective, and my own style so that people really have a good sense listening to my podcast, what I'd be like to work with as a coach. And so it just, it moves things forward a lot faster, but that's really about getting clear on what your goals are. And that's why it served that purpose for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because it reinforces what I tell my clients and what I've said on this show before is even if you are doing an interview show, even if that's what you want to do, I always recommend including at least like a solo segment Mm -hmm. at the end of the show or, you know, like a bonus solo episode each week or rotating like I do between solo and interview. Because you're right, if you're only doing interviews and you have no solo segments, your audience isn't necessarily connecting with you. Like, yes, they may get some little tidbits here and there when you like respond back or tell an anecdote, but they're not really getting the full you, the full experience of what you can offer them and serve them and help them with because you're constantly spotlighting your guest. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And I think that is a really critical thing to think about as someone starts to you know, piece together a podcast and what they want that to look like and how it should be set up to serve the purpose they want to serve. And so many people come to me and they're like, well, you know, I think I want the podcast to help me get a book deal or I just want to use it to network or, you know, like they have all of these different things that they want. And I'm like, but what do you really want? Like, is the bottom line that you want more money coming into your business? Let's come at it from that point. Do you really just want this book deal? There's probably better ways to go about doing that than a podcast. (laughs) So it really, really depends on that purpose, that main thing that you are striving for. And sometimes a podcast is not the right solution for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just want to wrap up with two questions here. 
One is now, and you may have already answered it, so it could be the same answer that you mentioned earlier, but if you could go back four years ago, four and a half years ago, when you started (laughs) thinking about this podcast and do it all over again, what is the number one thing that you would do differently? I would have planned better for consistency and got into batching sooner. (laughs) Okay. Given the nature of my show, that would have allowed me rather than kind of taking it on a week by week basis. That is what has impacted my consistency. Mm -hmm. Batching would have made a key difference in that (laughs) for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one of my main recommendations. I did an episode about how to avoid pod fade recently and batching was a huge part of that. And for those that don't necessarily know what that means in terms of batching, what would that look like for your specific show and your process? Well, what that would mean is, I mean, I plan my editorial calendar like a good 90 days in advance. So I'm looking ahead, what's coming up? What do I want to plan for? What do I want to talk about? Make sure those are aligning with my other business goals. So it's really like identifying what the shows are going to be over the next 90 days. So that is one step of it. And then the next step would be actually writing, recording, getting those shows ready for cue. And that's where I've fallen down. I have the plan. I'm wonderful at planning. (laughs) I'm fantastic at planning, but I am not always good at making the time to then take that plan take that, you know, month, two months, three months worth of content, take a week or two, get it all done, and then just drip it out over the next 90 days. Mm -hmm. And then what happens for me is I get busy or I kind of change. I'm like, I actually kind of want to talk about this instead. And that has gotten in my way for sure. So batching would have been just getting it done. And then it's like, I can guarantee those shows are coming out regardless of what's going on in elsewhere in my life. Right. So for the coach or consultant who is listening to this podcast right now, and they are considering starting a podcast of their own, they're in the very, very beginning stages. Maybe they're just starting to think about what purpose it could serve. And maybe this conversation has made them rethink some things. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them at the very start of their journey? I would say, make sure you know what you want it to do for your business. Like what is your express goal and purpose with the podcast? And I would say, make sure that you can come up with at least a good six months worth of content ideas, you know, like a whole bunch of ideas, because if you get to a list of eight and you realize you've run out of them, then you either have to tighten your focus, broaden your focus, shift the way that you're going to do it to make sure that it's going to have staying power. You need to know you've got enough things that you want to talk about. Again, depending on the format, Brittany, but -hmm. assuming it's something kind of like mine, you need to make sure you've got enough staying power in terms of the topic and the interest to carry that forward over the long haul. Right. Absolutely. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show. This was such a great conversation. And I really hope that for those of you listening to this, You really take Stephanie's advice to heart about finding that clear focus because that will make a huge, huge difference, not only in how enjoyable the process is for you because it will be delivering the results that you want, but just in having that staying power because you're not going to start a show and then two months down the line realize it's not actually even doing what you wanted it to do. So (laughs) thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Brittany. And that wraps up another episode of Podcasting for Coaches. If you'd like to connect with me further, you can do so on Instagram at Podcasting for Coaches. If you know it's time to finally get serious about starting your podcast, go to podcastingforcoaches.com and click on the Work With Me tab in the main menu to learn more about my one-on-one launch consultation packages or my self-paced online course. And I look forward to seeing the podcast that you create and put out into the world.